Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. All right, here we are. Golden Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Collins, joining you once again. With my co-host James Carr, James, great week in the beautiful game, especially for me being a Liverpool fan. Four to one over City. Did you have as good a weekend as I did? Oh well, I don't know if that's possible. Uh, <laughs> you, did, you did so well. Um, well, uh, you know, with Leeds being at 16th in the championship, you know, it's never really a good time. So I can I can take uh, take great joy in watching Liverpool play. Uh, they look they look magnificent. There's been a lot of I mean, incredible scores um, over the last several days in the uh, Premier League and La Liga and in the Champions League. It continued uh, with Barcelona and, and Chelsea playing mm-hmm. well, Arsenal uh, winning as well. So a lot of uh, a lot of things happening. Yeah, and I think um, especially with our guest tonight, uh, Chad Scott, you'll you get this kind of common theme of college football, and you and I always bring it back to college football and the EPL and soccer. And how much difference a, a new coach can make, and not so much. I mean, it is a skill. You know, the, the coaching and, and formations and tactics is a skill, but also just the mentality and the different type of regime and the different energy that they bring. I think you're starting to see that with Liverpool now. Um, really, really great to see, and it's very, um, very possible to see that in college football as well. Well, I sort of got the sense as you were talking that you might be alluding. Georgia, is that the case? Is that <laughs> no, 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 not yet, not yet. I mean, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing it happen, but no, that that is definitely, um, definitely a possibility. Um, so, what else uh, happened with you this week? Anything before we need to uh, bring on chat? Well, I just you know want to apologize for having to push back the show yesterday. It was at the Fox mm. Theater with Killer Mike and Bernie Sanders, which would have been a hell of a podcast had <laughs> we proceeded, but uh, pretty raucous in there. That was, a, sure. that was a very cool event. Uh, yeah, I bet that was. Um, everyone be sure to follow me on Twitter at Collins Drew and be sure to follow James at James89. Well, um, we're going to take a quick break and then bring Chad in here to talk about some soccer and talk about maybe some comparisons to soccer uh, here in the United States uh, and then, well, excuse me, football here in the United States and soccer over in England. All right, we'll be right back. And we are back. Uh, I'm so glad to welcome one of my friends, Chad Scott, to the podcast, Golden Gold Podcast. Chad, you can find him on Twitter at Chad Scott. And I believe the new website now, uh, Gridiron Now, is that right, Chad? You got it. GridironNow.com is the premier digital destination for SEC football fans 24-7-365. And it's always great talking to you, Drew, uh, of, of all the things I miss about Living in Atlanta, seeing uh, great friends like you is, is definitely one of them. And uh, James, thanks as well for inviting me on this evening. Uh, uh, well, that's nice of you to say that, Chad. I, I, we've had a lot of good times going to a lot of mm-hmm. bourbon tastes. <laughs> 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 oh, Chad, well, um, I, I appreciate you coming on once again. And, and like I said, James and I always touch on this 
comparison of college football and, and European soccer. And, you know, the, mm-hmm. it comes down to passion a lot, but you're in a unique, unique situation. You live in Jacksonville, and you actually have an owner of a four, you know, yeah. or a once a once EPL team, I believe they're in championship mm-hmm. now, and then the NFL, uh, Shad Khan. I mean, you tell me, what are the comparisons? What are some differences? What do you see out of Shad Khan in, in both his management styles? Very different, you know, Drew, because he's gone through managers – in uh with Fulham like he goes through yachts uh one after another after another uh but here at the Jaguars despite very modest should I say re- returns on the field uh he's been exceedingly patient with his head coach Gus Bradley and his general manager Dave Caldwell you couldn't you know and it's I suppose it's a it's a testament to his leadership style that he allows his leadership to adapt to the situation. You know, it's, it's, it's very different the way you run uh, an EPL team than the way you run an NFL team. And uh, his, the, the common thread, I think, if you were to look at them, would be the incredible investment he puts into both. Here in Jacksonville, he spent, I don't even know what the tally is anymore, but it's 30 or $40 million of his own money into a stadium he doesn't own. The city owns the stadium where the Jaguars play, but he has put two and a half million dollars in for locker rooms. He put ten or fifteen million in for the new scoreboards. He is putting extra money in for a uh, new club level seating uh, plan. He has sunk a ton of money into uh, the Jacksonville franchise and the infrastructure and the stadium and the, the fan experience. And I'm sure he's done the same with Fulham. So while uh, his approach to managers and, and head coaches has been very different, what you cannot question is his commitment to both products. Well, he basically well, put the uh, Michael Jackson statue out. Oh, right. And that <laughs> right. lasted about two years. So I don't know how, how is that you know, is the kind of investment Jaguars can expect? Are, are we going to see it pop up in Jacksonville? I, I'm not exactly. I'm not sure what you mean. Try to run that by me again. Oh, he, he had a. Uh, they yeah, I, a Mike, I, I know the, Yeah, I know the uh, the Michael Jackson statue, and it was the former owner of of Fulham was a big Michael Jackson fan and built a statue, and then Shot Con removed it. But what what was your question as far as how it relates to the Jaguars? Oh, I thought that uh, that he had actually built it. Was he was he among the owners who removed it? Yes. Yeah. The previous. Okay, okay. And, again, I'm probably talking a little out of school here. Um, I'm not sure if I have all the details correct, but from my understanding, the previous owner of Fulham, uh, I believe, was uh, an Arab gentleman who was a huge Michael Jackson fan and sort of apropos of nothing, just put the statue of Michael Jackson outside of the, the Fulham Stadium. I, would, you know, for, I don't think he'd ever played there. I mean, there's just no real reason for it, uh, other than that this, the owner was a huge fan. Uh, and Shad Khan, when he came in, it wasn't like the first thing he did. He didn't, you know, try and make like a big deal. It wasn't any sort of statement, but it was just out of place. So right. uh, to the best of my understanding, Shad had the statue removed. Uh, and, it, you know, it caused a, a bit of a, a, a hullabaloo because, you know, like here with the NFL, anything related to the EPL, uh, you know, in, in uh, England is going to be a, a big deal. Right. And so, so Chad, it seems like he actually has a pretty good pulse on the fans and fan base. And, you know, that's a good example of taking down the Michael Jackson statue. 
do you feel like he's done a pretty good job? It seems like he has, talking about all the investment he's put into the team down there in Jacksonville. Are, are the fans pleased with him? Oh, God, he's the most popular person uh, in the Jaguars organization by far, including the coach, including any of the players. He is the rock star. You know, he's got the funny mustache and the crazy look, and, you know, he's put so much money not only into the franchise, Drew, into the community. You know, he has, you know, funded startup projects, and he is, um, through his relationship with the NFL and the game in London, attempting to bring business interests from England and London to Jacksonville. He is easily the most popular person in the city of Jacksonville uh, and the most high-profile figure in the city of Jacksonville. And, And people in this area absolutely love him because he's so bullish on Jacksonville. Okay, Jacksonville has always had, from what I understand, you know, kind of an inferiority complex. You know, we're not South Beach. We don't have Disney. Uh, you know, we're more South Georgia, really, than Florida. Uh, so we get all the you know, redneck jokes. This used to be a big paper mill town, so it used to literally stink. Uh, it, it doesn't anymore. But, you know, Jacksonville has fought uh, that kind of backwater reputation for a long time. And then here comes Shad Khan with his 250-foot yacht and all of his businesses and his billions of dollars, and he stands up and says, Jacksonville is a great place to live. Jacksonville is a world-class city, and I'm going to go out around the globe and try and put Jacksonville on the map and make it a destination just like Orlando, just like Miami, and he's trying to do it. Has he? Uh, go ahead, James. I was going to say, how many uh, other cities? I mean, we're six with NFL, but how many other cities do you have that relationship with their owners? Oh gosh, you know, it's it's uh, yeah, that's difficult to say because I don't know the the ownership situation in all 32 NFL cities. You know, I think New England would probably be similar with Bob Kraft, a very popular figure, a business person who is, is means a lot to that community. Maybe Paul Allen uh, in Seattle. Um, but there are a lot of situations which are very acrimonious. Uh, Minnesota, St. Louis, Oakland uh, for many years. Uh, you know, it's, here, here's what I will relate it to, and this is, is something that uh, most of your, your listeners will understand regardless of, of where they come in from this thing at. Think of Mark Cuban with the Mavericks, okay? He takes a downtrodden, left-behind, afterthought franchise, energizes it with his power of personality, his charisma, his dollars, absolutely, but he shakes the dust off and says, average isn't going to be good enough anymore. We are going to strive for the best of everything from you know, in arena experience to free agency to head coaches to whatever. And it rubbed off, okay? The Mavericks have been on a 10-year upswing, essentially, since Cuban got there. And that's what Shad Khan is doing here. He has put himself out front, energized everyone, fan base, front office, you name it, hired great people, uh, and, and forced people uh, inside and outside the organization to think bigger, to not accept mediocrity. And, you know, if you were looking for a comparable figure, it would be Cuban.
And, and Chad, don't you see a little bit of a comparison there to uh, how it is in England with soccer teams and everybody really being vested in the community, being that that's yeah. how a lot of the a lot of the um, clubs started. Sure, and you know one thing that's important to note about Shad Khan, he is Pakistani. Uh, he <laughs> moved to uh, the United States, moved to Illinois, I believe, with like the money in his pocket. I mean, he is the great sort of immigrant story. He's the great Horatio Alger story. He's the great look what you can do yourself story. He ended up getting all these engineering degrees from the University of Illinois. He started this company which created prefab bumpers, okay, as boring an industry as you can imagine. Prefab bumpers, but if you drive around, um, something like three-quarters of all bumpers on every car in the world is manufactured by his company. So he's, wow. he's, he made his fortune in, in bumpers, of all things. But important to note is that as a Pakistani, and this is – very culturally important to him. And he's talked about this many times as the Jaguars now play that annual game in London. London, to many Pakistanis, and included, that's the end of the rainbow. Okay, that's, that's New York. That's their New York City. That is their, um, you know, wonderland. And he always wanted to make it in London. He wanted to be a part of London. He wanted to have something to do with London. And, you know, for him, you know how important EPL football is to London. For him to be that now woven into that community means the world to him. It means a lot more than owning an NFL team. As a as a boy, okay, shot down, and, and you can get this image. Here's this kid in, in Pakistan, okay, and he's dreaming about London, okay, the United Kingdom. And, and London is where you've got to get to the center of the universe, man. And now he's there and he owns an EPL team. And it is very, very important to him that that team succeed. He, he's not in this to make money. He's not in this to get, you know, more famous or to, to get up close to athletes. And I think both um, in Jacksonville, but especially in London, he wants to be a part of that community, but he wants to get over, you know. It's really interesting because when I read um, sort of about his takeover, he said something along the lines of, you know, he's really willing to invest, but it has to be sustainable. And it seems like, you know, from that I sort of thought that he was going to have a really business-like approach about everything, but it really seems like uh, sort of the opposite. Well, no, I, I, you, know, he, you know, he's not a, he's not the, you know, the – Drunken rich guy at the end of the bar buying shots for everybody. <laughs> but and, and again, I can't. I'm not. I can't speak to the situation at Fulham. Okay, I just don't know it well enough. But what he walked into in Jacksonville was an organization that had grown to accept mediocrity. Again, the, the standard inside uh, Everbank Field, where the, the Jaguars playing, where their offices. Uh, R was NFL average. They wanted to have, you know, an average record and average salaries and average attendance, and the new standard is NFL best. Well, to go from NFL average to NFL best, you know, like like taking over any uh, distressed property, any distressed business, you're going to have to pump some heavy cabbage in on the front end to ramp that uh, that machine back up to get it going so that you can generate the power necessary to drive towards NFL best and, or EPL best, you know, whatever the, the, the situation may be. And 
in a in a fan survey last year conducted by the NFL, Everbank Field rated as the number one fan experience in the NFL. So in wow. that one metric, he has succeeded. Now the team's got a long way to go, quite obviously, and they've got a long way to go on the you know the business side to uh, ramp that up fully. But don't don't confuse his willingness to spend money with um, in frugality, I guess I should say, or, or someone who's just throwing money around in, in, for for no other purpose than to just show how wealthy he is. Right. Chad, let me ask you this: you you've lived in how long were you living in Atlanta for? Uh, five years, give or take. Five years. So you're familiar with the city, and you know it's uh, essentially the the capital of college football. I think that's a fair yeah. thing to say. Um, how do you think? And early early returns are good, being that I think they they've already had twenty one thousand deposits for the new MLS team for season uh-huh. tickets. How do you think the MLS will fit in here in Atlanta? I think it'll be great because the demographics are good, and you two are the target MLS demographic in, in my mind. You know, you're you're I guess you'd consider Generation Y or Millennials. I mean, you're you're that 18 to sort of 34, 35 person who, you know, has grown up with soccer always being on television, with the EPL scores being on the uh, the, the bottom line crawl on ESPN. You know, I, I grew up in a time where <laughs> there was no internet, obviously. You know, when I'm a kid, uh, I didn't have cable television until I went to college. Um, Unless it was the World Cup, you could not find soccer on television unless you had a satellite dish that looked like you were calling in NASA. Uh, And soccer was difficult to consume, and it was difficult to follow, uh, even if you played. And I played soccer for a long time, but you had no idea who the EPL teams were. I mean, you heard of Manchester United, okay, and you heard of maybe, uh, you know, Real Madrid, uh, or or Bayern Munich, but you didn't know. You couldn't ever watch them. There might have been a poster of, uh, you know, Lothar Matthias in the uh, soccer shop where you got your uh, cleats at the start of the season, but you'd never seen these people. Now, with soccer, there are so many games on television, and increasingly, those top teams come over here and tour, okay? Sean Conn has brought Fulham. Uh, to Jacksonville to play. Atlanta, every single year, has a couple of major international teams, whether they're, uh, you know, club teams or country teams, come over there and play. So it's so much easier for uh, for folks of your uh, generation to consume soccer, to soccer, to know the players, to learn the game, and not just the American game, but the game at the very elite international level. And Atlanta, as you know, is full of literally millions of people like the two of you, you know, young guys who have disposable income who grew up with soccer. And for that reason, demographically uh, reasons, I think, I think the MLS will do great in Atlanta. Just, just to, just so you know, Chad, uh, Liverpool is coming to Florida uh, next summer, they haven't said where. I think there's a really good chance it's going to be Jacksonville. So you may you may be able to uh, take in a Liverpool game. Yeah. That would be awesome. I would imagine that you'd be down here for that one. Man. I I would. And just so you know, they sold out um, the Panthers Stadium uh, in 2014. So it's yeah, a big, it's, there was it's a big that, draw. Um, 
Jacksonville again a lot because of Shad, but you know there are there are other reasons. You know that Jacksonville is trying to attract more international soccer. We had the send off of the U.S. men's team for the World Cup last summer. I guess the yep. women's national team has played here in the last couple of years. Uh, I think we just lost out on that. I want to say the President's Cup, but whatever that thing was that Miami ended up um, getting. So. And again, that's Jacksonville, and Orlando's doing the same thing, and so is Tampa, and so is Charlotte, and so is Atlanta, and that's just in the southeast, okay? The same thing is occurring uh, all over the country. So, you know, again, I'm 40. Um, the, what, the 94, the World Cup was in the United States, and then uh, there was kind of a push forward uh, with the popularity of soccer, but then a pull back because there was no league. You know, once all these games were over there, you couldn't find, you couldn't sustain fan interest because there was no league. Uh, you know, cable television was still largely in its infancy, so you didn't have the, you know, Champions League games on and Premiership League games on and all these games you could watch. And then, you know, the women in 99 came along. They pushed forward again, but then it pulled back. And it's kind of been this push-pull, push-pull thing. Well, I think you're finally in a situation where now it's all push. Okay, there's really been no pullback. And obviously, there's going to be spikes around the World Cup. I mean, that's obvious. But Soccer, I think, is finally established as a television product, as a as an, a news interest item on on Sports Center or whatever you watch, you know, your newspapers online, that sort of thing. Uh, but also as a as a live um, event. And again, it's not just the MLS, which is is fantastic. It's great that there is a domestic uh, league. And again, being close to, here to Orlando, boy, you go down to Orlando, they treat that thing with the, the same um, passion, reverence, credibility as they treat the Orlando Magic. I mean, that is a major professional soccer sporting team down there, um, and it's done very well. But but more than that, it's, it is all the international games uh, that are here so regularly, which allow, uh, you know, fans to really cross-pollinate between the, the EPL and the Liga and all those different kind of things in the MLS and, and allow – uh, U.S. fans to see the best of the best. Uh, Chad, let me ask you this. Uh, I was thinking about this. You you weren't a diehard soccer fan, or not to my knowledge, when no. David Beckham when David Beckham came over. Do you think that had any influence, or do you think it could be more so? Um, more so revolved around just the coverage now, I guess. You know, you're talking about the ESPN ticker. You, you talk about NBC. They put out such a great product um, with yeah. EPL every, every Saturday. Mm-hmm. Well, that can help um, marginally, you know. What it did is, is it gave people another reason to talk about soccer. It gave you a star. It gave you someone mm-hmm. to watch. I mean, we are a celebrity culture, okay, yeah. in, in the United States. But he – gave soccer a celebrity. It was someone your mom was interested, your sister was interested in watching an LA Galaxy game of all things, for God's sake. Um, you know, he didn't... The well, league, you, 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 know. you, named, you named two females there. I think that had to do with Beckham's look, though, right, Chad? Yeah, but does it matter? <laughs> does it matter when it comes to getting people in the door or getting on SportsCenter or getting on the cover of Sports Illustrated and raising awareness, building credibility, filling, uh, you know, a few uh, stadiums from time to time. It, you know, Beckham certainly helped, um, right. but not as much as uh, I would say, you know, again, it was a, it was a short-term 
benefit, but but that's valuable too. You know, long-term benefit is look at what Portland and Seattle are building in terms of fan bases, in terms of passion, and in terms of a rivalry. That is something that's going to have generational, uh, you know, generational wake, generational momentum. David Beckham was a shooting star, and and that's fantastic. And and, uh, whether it's, you know, Thierry Henry or, or whatever star, you know, MLS kind of brings over and gets its last gas bottom, that's wonderful. Okay, much more important than that are building strong, stable franchises. Uh, look at what Kansas City is doing with, with Sporting KC and how popular uh, that has become. Fantastic. Okay, uh, I mentioned Seattle and Portland, and there, there's Columbus, I mean, Orlando, what they're doing. That is what is going to really uh, take root and make sure that soccer – I, like it has so many times before, it doesn't you know blow away like a tumbleweed. Well, he is. Uh, he did buy uh, Miami, or he's, he's invested somehow in, in the Miami team, isn't that right? Yes, and they're having all sorts of trouble finding a place to play. You know, Beckham. Part of his deal with MLS was that he would get, you know, some sort of sweetheart ownership situation, mm-hmm. and and he is he is part of a group in Miami, but they can't find a place to play, and that has been a real problem uh for them uh, i don't even think and drew you probably know this better not, i don't think miami officially has been granted an expansion franchise have they no no they haven't um, yeah so yeah. that's still out on the horizon and i think one of the contingencies is that they find a stadium but miami isn't interested in publicly funding another sporting stadium because they kind of got oh, taken advantage of yeah with the marlins uh where the uh, Dolphins yeah. play, Sun Life is way too big. Uh, so it's, you know, they are having a hard time with the logistics there. You wonder why they and the uh, University of Miami kind of don't get together on that. Put like a 30, yeah, again, 30, they've, 30, they've, they've, talk, they've talked about it. Um, but again, Miami needs a little bigger than what uh, the soccer, you know, Miami would be looking for like 40,000, whereas the soccer team was looking for like 20 something. And again, you know, it sounds great. Yeah, why don't they work together? Well, I mean, Miami's a, a private university, and That's David true. Beckham's part of some sort of, you know, I don't know what, you know, LLC or something. I mean, it, again, the devil's in the details, and, you know, it would be a great idea, and they've, they've talked about it, um, but it, it, it's easier said than done, I guess, at the end of the day. All right, finishing up here with Chad Scott. You can follow him on Twitter at C-H-A-D-D. That's two Ds in Chad. S-C-O-T-T, Chad Scott, once again, our guest. Uh, Chad, uh, James and I are always talking about we want a rivalry. We want something like you just said, Portland, Seattle here, when we hit Atlanta United. Any way that Jacksonville gets the MLS team? Because that obviously would be geographically a, 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 <laughs> sure, a good thing. Sure. Well, uh, Jacksonville got an NASL team um, the, this past summer, summer of 2015, mm-hmm. was their first year of play. And interestingly okay. enough, uh, they had named Tony Miola, a name you're first familiar with, as their new head coach today. So uh, Jacksonville Armada are an NASL team, and they are uh, right now playing in the minor league baseball stadium of the Jacksonville Suns. So they are in the process of acquiring the land and building a soccer-specific stadium for themselves. You know, obviously, the hope is to get to the MLS one day. I would say that's 20 years off at least. 
Um, okay. Because Jacksonville – now, Jacksonville did have um, one of those teams in that – what was that league with uh, the Cosmos and the Rowdies and all of that kind of stuff. The, the Jacksonville uh, yeah. T-Men was uh, – yeah, well, whatever league that was with Pele and Beckenbauer and all those guys in the late 70s and, and early 90s. Jacksonville had one of those teams, and it was uh, relatively successful. So there is a there is a, a bigger soccer community in Jacksonville – than you might think, but when you're talking about acquiring an MLS uh, expansion franchise, um, you're competing with Atlanta. You're competing with Miami, potentially. You're competing with San Antonio, which has a lot more infrastructure, and it's had an NASL team that's been very successful for 10 years or more. So the, the immediate goal for the Jacksonville Armada uh, and I, I you know, know their owner a little bit, and, and working in sports here, understand their their plan is to really focus on that product, really build up the NASL, uh, and establish uh, a you know a pattern of success here, uh, establish a foundation with the NASL, and if it grows from there, great, uh, and if it doesn't, that's okay too. You know, a lot of that is going to depend on on how successful EMLS becomes and what becomes of the, the NASL at the same time. Yeah, uh, I, don't know. I have no idea how that's going to shake out, really, but if you had to pick a uh, sort of natural rival or one that might emerge for Atlanta, do you think there are any, or, or do you think we're a little too isolated for the time? No, I mean, I, you, know, th- th- you know, those things develop. Uh, so, you know, Orlando seems naturally because they probably don't have a rival either. But here's what I don't like, and this is something you're seeing more in, in college football, is, is this idea of, like, forced rivalries. It's like, okay, we don't have a rival, so you're our rival. No, I mean, that that's kind of like a forced marriage. It works from time to time, and there are cultures who uh, operate that way, but I'd rather choose my own through a more organic selection process. So, you know, no one – uh, pointed at Auburn and pointed at Alabama and said, you two are rivals now. You know, that, they just were. <laughs> okay, so, you know, that is something that I'm sure for Atlanta will develop over time. And, again, you know, like, you know, Auburn or Georgia in, in college football, Manchester City, Manchester United, Liverpool, Arsenal, I mean, they've been playing for a hundred years or more. You right, can't, right, you, can't, right. you can't, in a Petri dish, um, you know, create Manchester United and Arsenal. Okay, you, you can't do it. It's got to bake and evolve and, you know, it <laughs> takes, uh, you know, generations, if not, you know, not just years. Well, well Chad, we, we appreciate your time. Let me let me get, get a final question uh, for you out there. Um, like you said, you're an Auburn grad. Any chance they can pull the upset this weekend? Uh, very doubtful. Very doubtful. I mean, you're talking or 3%, you know, and, and for the obvious reasons, you know, Auburn's, Auburn's not real good and Alabama's damn good. You know, it wouldn't be the, the craziest thing ever, um, but it would be in the conversation. Yeah, it would be in the conversation. I, I agree. I, I mean, I saw the line was 14, and, you know, maybe Auburn covers that, but based on what I saw against Georgia, I just, you know, that's a – I don't see how, how they compete with Alabama. Yeah, I think you're right. Very disappointing season. Well, how, how do the dogs look uh, heading into uh, Georgia Tech after their uh, game against Southern? <laughs> oh, man. We're riding high off a of win off of Southern. What are you talking about? Yeah, uh, real high. We, 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 can, we can get the state championship. Um, you got it. Uh, 
yeah. Well, all right, Chad, we appreciate your time, and we'll have to have you on uh, sometime again soon. Happy to do it. Drew, James, nice talking to you. All right, once again, that was Chad Scott. Uh, James, uh, any thoughts here before we close out? Uh, no final thoughts, really. Just uh, happy um, Thanksgiving to everybody out there, and uh, I'm looking forward to um, getting back uh, next week. Yeah, that's right. And follow us on um, Twitter at Golden Goal ATL. You can also find us on Stitcher and iTunes as well. Once again, this has been a Golden Goal podcast. I'm your host, Drew Collins, joined as always by James Carr. James, I'll talk to you uh, next week. Sounds good. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.